the tarnished will soon return. Guided by grace, once lost. The Golden Order is broken to its core. Elden Ring. Emboldened by the flame of ambition. Someone must extinguish thy flame. They will fight. And they will die. In an unending curse. Everybody and welcome to episode four of the Elden Ring podcast. I am Albert. We are five minutes away from the beginning of Summer Games Fest. I have it on mute here in front of me. If you saw our Horizon stream on the Horizon podcast or Horizon Forbidden West, you'll be familiar with the format. Um, with that one, I had a, a couple of hours lead in and I actually had a nap. <laughs> but with this one, we're going to go straight into it. Five minutes. Um, I hope you were able to check uh, episode three, uh, A Prelude to Joy, the eve uh, or the night before GF, which was wonderful to, to edit yesterday. Um, but a little bit of background on me in case you are tuning in for the first time. Uh, I am, am uh, I began my podcasting journey with the Miyazaki uh, um I, I guess you would say the universe of Miyazaki, which uh, even though he has these sort of separate titles, um, I would definitely say that uh, they all kind of inhabit that same sort of vibe sphere, I guess you'd say. Um, 
Back in March 14th, 2015 was my very first episode of recording any podcast was for Bloodborne. And I have here, um, as per the photo that I posted on Instagram, I've got the Nightmare Edition books here. And uh, wouldn't you know it, very interestingly, I woke up at about 2 a.m. To, to my bookcase now being gone. <laughs> it was um, it shattered by someone or something. Uh, it was... Um, it, it it broke it broke under underneath the weight I suppose you'd, you'd say of uh, of the because I do I do collect quite a few art books and I had had it since like maybe 2015 or something I, honestly since 2016 something like that maybe earlier and so it was definitely time but uh, four minutes to go now um, one thing I am going to do is I'm going to get started on the Elden Ring uh, podcasts Instagram live if I if I know how to do this if I kind of can curb my boomerness. Okay, we are going to go live. Here we go. And it'll just be what it'll be. Fantastic. And I'll make sure to plug everything in. So amazing. So now we're going to bring in everyone listening on the Instagram. Welcome. How are we doing? Of course, of course, we're going to be live. Of course, we're going to do the whole monitoring of what happens and uh, and then the discussing of what happens. So um, now... If only I had an extra pair of hands to, that emerged from my back to be able to hold different things. Those guys over in that trailer, uh, you know, or, or rather the um, uh, that one person, you know, uh, who has the multiple arms would probably very much uh, uh, be very good at uh, podcasting because then they could, you know, be their own kind of gooseneck holder. So I always do this, uh, put myself in these situations. And so what I'm going to need to do is keep speaking because I don't want to kind of break that lovely experience for the listeners and uh, the viewers and stuff. Could I just do the whole thing like that? <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, no, that's not the most flattering angle, but technically I am streaming and I am holding the mic <laughs> with my hand like that. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Well, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that could work, I guess, but uh, it would be better if I could just sort of plug things in. So, um, two minutes and 25, everyone. Now, uh, as I alluded to in that last episode, uh, in case you didn't listen, uh, in case you, um, haven't heard that one yet, uh, on episode, uh, so this is going to be episode four, which is beyond the sea of fog. And episode five will be, unless there's something that else like comes to me for me to title it that way. Um, it will be called uh, Tragic Things Unite, you know, the post-SGF Elden Ring party. So 733 days, almost two days exactly to the year, only one extra day. And there you go. So fun, fun, fun. Okay, so plugged in with everything. Um, I can see my audio is coming out nicely, which is good. Now, if I am skillful enough... I can just perch that there, can't I? Do I have these skills, people? Do you believe in my skills? I hope I have. Wow, that is dodgy, but it works. So please don't fall. Jesus. Anyway. Yeah, so my word. Okay, so now it's, yeah, it begins in one minute and 33 seconds. Now I'm going to jump away from the um, from that one. I'm going to go to my subscriptions and i hope you're all doing this in your own time if you are joining there you go boom <laughs> beyond the sea of fog is live i will take a mini photo of that uh, 
because that is me live as well, I guess. Big show for you, filled with new game announcements, world premieres, updates on the games you play every day, some surprises, and special guests, including Jeff Goldblum, Giancarlo Esposito, and performances by Weezer, Japanese Breakfast, We're good to go, and folks. Sonic Hey guys, now it's time. Oh! Oh! Finale. Today, I am so deeply honored to be given the opportunity to share this next game. It comes from one of our industry's most acclaimed developers and a previous Game of the Year winner at the Game of Yes. I want to personally thank this developer for believing in my vision of Summer Game Fest as a new way to bring all of us together for a cross-industry showcase. Yes. Kick off the summer in the right Let's way. Let's fucking go. So, without further ado, oh! please sit back and enjoy this truly spectacular world premiere. It is finally time. Yes! Let's fucking go. That's it, baby. Fuck yes! 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 The tarnished. The tarnished. Will soon return. Will soon return. Guided by grace. Once lost. Yes! Guided by grace once lost. The golden order is broken. The golden to order. To its core. It's cool. Summon, and I told you I could leap. This is real. It's happening in front of me. This game is real. Gorgeous. Hello. Of the L yes! <laughs> oh, yes. Yes! It's the fulfillment of everything it's been building. I told you it could leap, what did I tell you? Sean, we fucking did it. Barty, we fucking did it. Fucking did it. Sinclair, we fucking did it. Fighting Cowboy, we fucking did it. The Ashen Hollow, we fucking did it. Duckfeed TV, we fucking did it. Jesus Christ. That's her. There she is. Oh, and she's a boss. Plain as a lord. Plain as a lord. I command thee. Command thee, It's just the absolute fulfillment of everything that has come before you. Your head is here. You saw that part of the hands. January 21st, 2020! 
What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? He's free. No more. Yes. Fucking incredible. Holy fucking shit. Yes, I'm very happy. Yes! He's Okay, I'm fucking dead. Good night, everybody. Bye. Welcome, everyone. I hope this finds you well. I am Albert. This is the Elden Ring podcast, and here we are on the other side of the Sea of Fog. January 22nd, 2022 is when Elden Ring will enter our world and us enter its world. This is a sentence I was absolutely not expecting to say. We were speculating about some footage. <laughs> this was a three minute long trailer culminating in a release date. Um, right now the stream counter for me is two hours and 30 minutes. It has been a long, a long uh, time. But this is when you and I, wherever you happen to find yourself in the world, we're streaming also on um, Instagram right now on the Elden Ring podcast. Wherever you find yourself, we are now going to dive into this trailer frame by frame into however long this moment uh, needs to take its time to be. <laughs> I used to be able to speak English, maybe not so much anymore because this trailer has... Um, affected me on more levels than just the visuals, um, more than uh, simply something that I stayed up late, woke up at 2am to watch. My journey with Miyazaki begins in uh, um, December, sorry, March of 2015. Um, on March 14th, I released my very first podcast episode about Bloodborne. And in Bloodborne uh, and in Dark Souls and in Sekiro, you have a name. And for us, that name is The Tarnished. <laughs> um, I uh, was and continue to be speechless. It is actually extraordinary that I'm forming any kind of sentences now. Um, 733 days since the last uh, glimpse we had of this title. What a beautiful way to go about creating a work of interactive art, which is to completely devote yourself to it. And when it is ready, you come out with a three minute trailer and a release stage. This is admirable. This is beautiful. And uh, as I mentioned, the mind really does struggle to, to stay cohesive. <laughs> I must have started this uh, um, post stream segment of the show a few times. Um, but why not let us quickly cut now in the edit to the lead up um to this moment as well as my reaction so here you go so there you go the composure right out the window um the level of just permeating every atom of me gratitude that's who I am now. I am just a human-shaped arrangement of gratitude atoms right now. 
shout out to Sean the Law Hunter and to uh, Terra Pop joining me in maybe 20-ish hours time for episode five, where we will discuss it as a group on a Zoom call. Right now I have you here, precious listener, precious audience member, community member of the main podcast, the Albert Kesser podcast and the Elden Ring podcast, um, uh, our dedicated sub outlet alongside a few others. But remember, as I mentioned, Miyazaki will always have an extremely important place in my heart. So hello, Dennis Basso. Nice to see you. I am so, so honored that you've joined us. Um, I'm going to wave to you. Hopefully I don't deactivate. There you go. Boom. Good to see you. So, uh, Dennis, we are actually about to go through the trailer frame by frame, moment by moment, play by play, okay? So if this gets into the two-hour, three-hour realm, that, that, that will be what it will be. Um, and this will release immediately after on Anchor, all right? So as soon as I manage to chuck it into the editor and stuff. So folks, let us begin. So rewind to about 28 minutes ago or so. It'll be surreal listening back to this, uh, maybe years hence of this was just the moment when it happened. Um, Evil Dead was wrapping up. Okay, guys. Now it's time for the grand finale to show. So this is Jeff Keighley. Here we go. This is. I'll just let him speak. I am so deeply honored to be given the opportunity to share this next game. It comes from one of our industry's most acclaimed developers and a previous Game of the Year winner at the Game Awards. I want to personally thank this developer for believing in my vision of Summer Game Fest as a new way to bring all of us together for a cross-industry showcase and kick off the summer in the right way. So, without further ado, please sit back and enjoy this truly spectacular world premiere. It is finally time. <laughs> Excellent. Now I've rewatched the trailer a few times just to be able to compose myself. And so we begin on the very first frame, everybody. Uh, hello, Pro Chaos. Welcome. Good to see you. How are you? I'm Albert, host of the Elden Ring podcast. This is episode four. We're, 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 we're thinking of the title the Tarnished Quest Begins, something like that, because we are now all tarnished, all of you joining. Hello, four people on on, on, um, on YouTube. Great to speak with you. Hi there, Random Side Quest. Good to see you. 80s, how are you? Uh, my brother's there in the chat. So we're going to go frame by frame, everybody. Frame number one. The horse, the mount, Yakul, as he has been affectionately come to be known, uh, referring to another Miyazaki, Hayao Miyazaki, the um, uh, animator and creator of Princess Mononoke. So right off the bat, what you can see is, um, and in line with other uh, From Software titles, this idea of the figure, the hero arising uh, from either the grave or, or from a state of being asleep. Um, which is consistent with what we've seen from Bloodborne and, and uh, certainly with Dark Souls 3, rising from the, the untended graves. Um, there you go. So we're just waving to people. There you go. Um, immediately off the bat, I see that the uh, patterning of um, the armor is, uh, uh, I would see, like very, very flowing, very, very ornate. Um, uh, but the, obviously the, the thing of most note here, and you will see this throughout the trailer with Miyazaki, the Miyazaki weirdness has been turned up and has been completely unleashed. I'm talking 
uh, you know, there's pot nobles in Sekiro, for example. Well, in this one, we see actual cauldrons with arms. So, who will absolutely become a mascot. There will be many emojis made of this little guy, many animations, many gifts, reaction gifts. Every frame of this um, will be beloved and analyzed to its constituent pixels. I am merely adding my voice to that as the Elden Ring podcast. Uh, the hair is what I wanted to say. So Sekiro has this element of the protagonist's uh, mentor being like covered with strange hair. So we see hair coming out of these um, armor segments, uh, unless that is me completely misreading, or if that's uh, simply um, you know battle damage. But it definitely distinctly looks like hair. So the next frame here is we have um, uh, unnamed maiden so far. I don't have the ability to uh, quickly check uh, a website to see if um, she has a name, but maybe we'll go onwards with that. After this recording, I'll be diving into whatever new press release materials have been released, and this is the completely honest take that I have now of what I'm seeing. So here she is descending from the horse, which is interesting. Now that's something I hadn't put together initially, is that uh, the horse she arrives on is um, presumably becomes your uh, becomes your mount. Although they could be different there. So, from software, Bandai Namco, Bandai Namco Entertainment presents, um, and shot number three, you know, number four, including the, the title sequence there, is a blurry shot. You're coming to, coming up. And then we cut to a new world created by Hidetaka Miyazaki, George R.R. R. Martin, and George R.R. Martin. And here we go. So, frame number one. The Tarnish will soon return, and what we'll do is we'll go quickly back. The Tarnish will soon return. Our Maiden is telling us this. That is us, absolutely, because we had the Ashen, the Unkindled, um, the Ashen one, the Unkindled, the Chosen Undead. We have our title now. This is who we are, okay? Um, her garment, her raiment, traditional, medieval, I would say and yet unto herself iconic uh, setting. We're looking at uh, yeah, some kind of cabin or some kind of, um, just a, a safe place. It definitely has the feeling of a safe place. Now, our first opening. This is true, true overwhelm that I'm feeling right now. So, hmm. so as we know, um, and you can see Duck, <laughs> Duckfeed TV covering off on this is, uh, Hirataka Miyazaki was inspired by Iko and Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, they have interviewed one another and have been on stage together. Uh, Fumito Ueda, which we are coming up to our 12th episode on the Fumito Ueda, or rather the Ueda podcast. Immediately when I saw this, um, when I'm looking at now, it's that broken bridge, you know. The, the level of scale that we're seeing here is it very much evokes um, Shadow of the Colossus. When we look at the terrain, it is upturned. There are rifts in it, and I dare say that this would be the Riftlands, as spoken of in the, the teaser that we saw. Um, this is different footage. Overall, there's been there's basically no shared shots. Uh, it's an entirely uh, um, reshot and re-edited. So, the tarnished one, or rather the tarnished, will return guided, guided by Grace, once lost, the tree. The sky and the tree and the sky and the tree, the beauty that I'm seeing here, the translucence of which my co-host Sean discussed, I don't see 
that too much. Um, it does have an element of, actually, excuse me, hold on. No, it is translucent a little bit. You can see the, the clouds moving behind it. Um, if you look at the trees, folks, in this frame, you're, you're, that's what you can actually see, like the scale here that we're seeing and all of it explorable. Um, and filling the world is going to be a beautiful undertaking uh, that I believe the team will be looking at uh, Breath of the Wild to do, definitely. Uh, flying mounts are guaranteed. Guaranteed, I'm saying it right now. Once more. As we pan up to this tree, this magnificent golden tree, uh, almost like a ghost tree, you could almost say. And we cut, hard cut, to another vista with a beautiful, the first of many little Miyazakian characters. Uh, starting in Sekiro, we've noticed this kind of like, kind of little squat goblin-like kind of silhouette develop uh, with, uh, I think it's Black Badger or someone. Um, and we'll see that later with my little buddy, the Cauldron Guy. You know, amazing, uh, very almost Pixar-like. Anyway, uh, yeah, a beautiful setting. We can see some lilies. We can see, uh, again, there's this sense of these, the buildings. The, there are rifts here, and I love that it makes sense that it was called the Riftlands. Um, I am going to actually put it out there now that each one of these edifices is entirely explorable with enemies and chests, etc. Um, here we go. This uh, this shot here is one of the most fucking beautiful shots in any game I've ever seen ever. Um, you'll see a shot later where there's a um, some of the enemies are frozen as the like time is frozen or something and time has been messed with. Uh, we have our first faction here, uh, the 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 faction of the Golden Tree, perhaps the Golden Order. Uh, we have also a wheel there um, and uh, definitely a settlement of some kind. Um, the yellow sky, you'll see a lot, uh, definitely I would say the most expansive palette. Um, absolutely the most expansive palette of any From game. Now in the, in the, in the right, we actually see this, uh, almost like a trans, just like the, the tree, a transparent sort of tr spear, I would say. It sort of has segments and unless that's transitioning into a new shot, no, that is, it is like, um, uh, you know how there's summoning signs in, in the, um, uh, in, in you know Dark Souls etc. Um, Bloodborne is it just is that it's almost like yeah a phantom, a phantom marker of some kind a phantom column. Okay, now I hadn't noticed this before. We see dragons. Um, we see a mural which depicts rib cages of some kind, uh, and these and and here is certainly an area of the world where. Um, the laws of physics have completely taken leave of what is normal. Um, these shrines that contain these ribs, you know, rib Im imagery is very strong with, with Miyazaki's designs, you know, the, um, uh, the gaping dragon with the ribs opening up like a flower. And, and here we see these little, uh, you know, again, uh, folks, I cannot stress enough that my definitional concepts of like coziness and like, and certain aesthetics of like, for example, candle, candlelight flickering against stone especially flickering against like textured stone is like my childhood in Italy so it is just when I see this imagery it, it speaks to much much deeper parts of me than just that immediate you know me as a 33 year old it stretches all the way back to when I was a kid so yeah okay so now the golden order the golden order has, has fallen to its, you know to its core right and then we see yeah these um now, I initially thought they were alive, but I think they're actually dead, folks. These uh, um, 
hollows of some kind. I think they're frozen in place. And either that's how. I mean, given there's the fire there, it may it may be that they've just instantly been made this way uh, with a spell of some kind. But they are, um, you know, Pompeii styled, completely frozen in place. So interesting. Now we have our first shot of our protagonist with the Bloodborne. It was the Hunter. With Dark Souls 3, it was um, the Ashen One. And here, the Tarnished, as we see them, um, the White Mane, evoking of, um, of you know, Dark Souls 3, uh, the Dragon King. These flowers evoking of Bloodborne. Uh, and yet a, a palette that is entirely, there's nothing that it's like directly, oh yeah, that's this. I mean, obviously there's a lot of beautiful sunrises and sunsets, um, which evokes uh, Dark Souls 2. And my main notes about the Tarnish is that instantly iconic unto themselves, joining that, uh, you know, pantheon of silhouettes, uh, which is joined by Sekiro himself. Um, you know, uh, each of the three of the Dark Souls protagonists and um, and the Demon Souls fluted, fluted Knight. He'll be joining them in many artworks to come. Armor that, again, it, it almost looks like it's feathering. It's like feathered steel. Very interesting character design. Um, and into the sunset they go. Uh, this red, the red with the white trim, it's so, such a strong and unique identity and we should get used to um, seeing them. Uh, again, this helm, um, it evokes slightly the Riders of Rohan, uh, with, especially with the ponytail, and that I think is deliberate um, with the presence and the prevalence of the mount theme in Elden Ring, crossing uh, these great lands, and uh, I don't think uh, it would be practical to do it any other way. I think one thing of uh, cr closing that distance that will make uh, traversing the world constantly enjoyable with no tedium whatsoever will be the ease with which we uh, are able to summon our mounts. Uh, unlike uh, Breath of the Wild or even The Witcher, there will be no, absolutely no waiting time. And I think uh, Miyazaki has uh, hit upon the be all end all of that is look, as soon as I click, my mount materializes beneath me. You know, here we go. Yeah, cool. <laughs> we will have to find, uh, and I can't wait to find out the the mount's true name. Leaping off there with these lovely little yak horns. I like that it's not like too crazy with sort of the, the horns or whatever. It's this like, um, a quick little note about Norse lore is that the origin of the Norse universe actually began with a, a cow uh, licking uh, a block of salt, a block of ice, and then it, it gave gave way to like discovering the first giant Ymir, who, who we talked about a bit on the recent uh, God of War podcast. So a little bit of a note there, this idea of this tribute to this cow-like creature, this shaggy, you know, I feel like obviously taking photos, but I'm recording now with everyone. Um, here we go, off into the future. And again, from this build up into this, and you'll see a lot of that as it, the, the trailer sort of breathes in and out. Um, off into the distance. That that shot there in particular, I'll go back, reminds me of the start of um, uh, Fellowship of the Ring when uh, Gandalf sort of bears, bears the adventures forth, you know, as they leap off into adventure. And again, remember, um, trailers are mini, uh, mini cosms or microcosms rather of stories. So this, uh, you know, sun, like filtered sun, beautiful um, forest. 
believe me folks i i will just simply be playing elden ring just for the atmosphere and just to kind of relax absolutely it gives me that feeling and that's what many people do with uh shadow of the colossus and breath of the wild and this this will be that for me for sure off into the distance we go uh opening up into this uh foggy kind of valley we can see uh multiple places just like i'm getting a gratitude headache right now i think i need to stand up okay so hi how you doing I get very excited, and then when I'm excited, I stand up. Fuck yeah. Here we go. Okay. Um, uh, a la Abzu, which um, I, I recently uh, finished. Uh, and a completely open world, completely um, optional uh, in terms of being able to go in whatever order you like. Ways of unlocking certain uh, passages and, uh, you know, um, I think there's a... You know, you can actually, you know, have more like flight power and stuff, and you can do shrines for that. So, and what was made, what made that absolutely enjoyable, I never had any issue with traversal, it taking too long or anything. And again, with this mount, which will be the first of many mounts, I'm certain. Uh, off we go, you know, into this uh, in the sea of fog, I guess, in this, in this small context. I don't think this is the literal sea of fog, though, but here we go. Um, Again, this feeling of the world being broken, and you can see here the splitting of the two mountains. And what's interesting is um, it's a very unique kind of rock. Uh, you know, um, I wonder if how much detail would be paid to like what kind of rock it is. But it's just, it's a splinters in a very kind of like almost ancient wood kind of way. Wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised if like we discover that the mountains are like made of wood or something. You know, just because of that specific aesthetic choice uh, to make it resemble that. Okay, our first. I would say um, Catoble, Catoble Pass type creature, which are those giant um, giraffe-like things from Final Fantasy XV, which is that this thing, again, fully unique. Uh, Gary was saying this on yesterday's podcast in the clip that I shared, uh, Miyazaki's weirdness is in full force here. Everything has been pulled out. This is a mountain, folks, we're looking at with four legs made of rock, moss-covered rock, and at the at the base of this mountain, where you could ostensibly say its stomach is, we have a bell, and I believe that these ambulant shrines, which we can see on top, a bit of a shrine, bell shrines, we can even call them, the walking bell shrines, we will be finding them, and the fact that they are ambulant will give us an extra challenge of being able to mount them, climb them, track them down. Um, who knows if there'll even be like a, a wider map involved? But there you go. To its core. Our next shot, and we are not going to miss each shot, we're going to give it its full due because it, sometimes it cuts very quickly. There it goes. And off the cliff we go. Little fence there. Awesome. There we go. Just that fog, you know, just like with um, in uh, Breath of the Wild, you know, going into the, the forest. The foggy forest. Here we go. Okay. Now, what we have here in terms of lore, almost, you know, it's tough. Uh, this is obviously a very, very heavy carriage uh, that would be too heavy for horses to pull. It seems like a, almost like a, a carriage that has like a room inside. We also get a glimpse of the moon behind uh, or a planet of some kind. And it is this, uh, in terms of lore and the idea of there being, um, you know, these creatures don't look necessarily undead or anything. It's, um, 
it's like we might have some like actual living people around us as opposed to completely broken and undead people we shall see if uh, um, Miyazaki stretches himself in that way but it's a, not even about stretching yourself it's about what um, serves the story best um, I see it is almost like a mobile shrine a mobile um, almost it looks like Aldrich's not that it's connected at all but uh, like a coffin of some kind and these giants now that we have complete you know, 1080p, uh, it's probably 720p because of the stream here. I will obviously, as I go through in many, many, many episodes to come, um, the, uh, the detail we'll go into. So uh, made of flesh, clearly, we initially thought them to be tree giants, but uh, they look uh, definitely worse for wear, um, but definitely a, a separate species. So um, uh, again, I think just this imagery is, uh, again, rib cages is a thing with Miyazaki, as we'll point out later. So as they advance, uh, was anything coming out of that wound is my question. Because I just saw some black substance potentially coming out of the wound. There we go. Jumping off the cliff, here we go. Gorgeous vistas. Um, for a second, I thought I saw some like dragons up there in the bottom, in the top right. Well, again, we will go through, we will go through many times for this. We really will. Uh, and this is a very dragon-looking rock. Yeah. But they are distinct enough to, to make you think that it's something else apart from the rock, definitely. Okay, Ambulant Bell Shrine, here we go. Yeah, I don't see any black liquid coming out, I don't think. I, okay, it's just, it, very quickly, folks, you'll find that the imagery, just like the cuts, start to get tighter and we are not gonna miss this is it folks we're gonna come we're gonna take it up to the two three hours for sure okay i think i did see some black liquid coming out now interesting okay taking down an enemy on swordback on, on horseback we've heard this rumor for sure the first word spoken here will be foul tarnished here we go so in this area we see arms folks the arms of i believe that enemy that ancient enemy who we speak with later uh, who we encounter later this uh, place seems uh, flooded ah, excuse me <clears throat> um certainly perhaps like an abandoned castle of some kind and folks i'll just draw your attention to uh the um sigil which is the sigil of the arm it seems like a, a a covenant of some kind and this idea you can actually see here an arm that it's almost like a there's the allusion to a medieval symbol of the, the triple-legged leg. It's just a leg with three legs. Just three legs attached to each other. And that idea of the fusing of limbs, I think, is being shown here. If we zoom in, we see um, a very tall... Uh, it might even be this figure that comes in into play later. Big, big, broad shoulders, and uh, it certainly looks like a giant of some kind. And the next shot here is we have... Um, something that in many ways you'll see this folks is Miyazaki has gone for extremely enigmatic imagery there is something that is even more unleashed here I'm so fucking excited folks okay I'm standing up again oh god oh god 
Jesus fucking Christ. Um, the reason why I'm stoked is, is, is because, um, remember, what, what we see as the surface level of Miyazaki's works is something that he, you know, contains multitudes and, like, it's all stuff that he has, he himself has thought about a lot, a lot. And so this is a face, for people, for listeners, um, a face fused into the ground, a very large one, looks like it's made out of rock. Its eyes are two vertical slots, which, uh, yeah, they're, they're a little bit vaginal, I'll, just, I'll say, I'll just, they look like if you took someone's eye, like a, like a crocodile's eye, or, or, or just took a, a normal eye, rather, and just twisted it vertically, and then you have nostrils and then no mouth. Uh, we have some tentacles coming out of it, potentially. It's almost like if you took an octopus, gave it a nose, and twisted its human-like eyes, and then fused it into the ground and made it into concrete. So, again, this man has a sense of the boundless imagination, that is, and, and yet it is still grounded. Like, you could, you could come across it, it doesn't feel like completely, utterly surreal. Uh, it's it's it, um, like dreamlike, like there's going to be a purpose to it in, in some sense, for sure, folks. So here we go. Foul, tarnished. Yeah, no, they are undead, actually, those people accompanying the... Foul, uh... tarnished. Now, that is a very quick cut. Apologies for the going back, but we must look at each shot the benefit of thoroughness and anyone listening who isn't able to watch it okay climbing okay i believe that this region was uh slightly teased in, in the leaked footage um the underground of elden ring now we see a little variant of the armor he's he's armored a little bit lighter our our tarnished hero the feathered armor is still there. I find it so interesting, this idea of steel, but it's like feathers. It's amazing. Uh, the clarion calling um, horn there by their side. Uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely um, dressed lighter, a bit more Legolas-like. Uh, lighter armor for more agile, like, um, you know, arrow-based combat, definitely. Um, how are you doing, Johnny? What's up? Um, and so... With this region here, we see yeah the carrying of this tablet, um, and there were once two of them again. These scholars of some kind, definitely like an underground shrine of some uh, certain uh, religion or th faith. We see creatures uh, with very long limbs. They're enough that you can actually tell it's a it's a distinct silhouette, um, and they're they're sort of languid, hunched over uh, creatures, um, and. I am going to outright say this, folks, with with an actual distinctive visual trademark of Miyazaki will now and forever be these extended limbs with the large hands and the, the and the small heads and stuff. Now it's not like you may have seen some some things like it in anime, etc. But he it's just an entirely singular silhouette that he does, you know? Um, and holding these tablets and I, that might be beard. That might be like you know. We would have to look in, into his beard to the, of, of this statue to see if if we can see any uh, particular thing. But it looks like there's a person falling from behind uh, the tablet, and you might be like, "Albert, oh, that's just a piece of beard." But remember, Miyazaki, he is he goes 
in every direction with his imagery and yet he ties it together cohesively so as a bit of speculation on that the idea of like keeping secrets and keeping things hidden and yet just like with the statues from bloodborne there's you know they betray themselves with with the you know the sin that they have wrought you know um and it's depicted in their statuary as well there's no aspirational aspect to their statuary in um bloodborne there's a conf confessional aspect of like this is who we are we're not trying to make ourselves seem more than we are and if this you know uh, again this is all just going off of, it might just be a sprig of of um of beard definitely but the idea of you know keeping of jealously guarding the secrets to creation maybe and then like adam or eve or whatever falls from behind the tab the tablet of the rules of creation and maybe these are like the creation keepers or something so there you go now our fantastic little friend an amazing little friend that i've just made he's wonderful he or she or they is wonderful it's the one the only cauldron cauldron puppy <laughs> uh cauldron munchkin the walking cauldrons we love them so much they are instantly beloved in this in this uh community there will be many many shout outs to the beautiful little cauldron people there we go we widen up this reminds me certainly of the, one of the opening areas of bloodborne with the sewers right and so we have a line of dialogue here i believe foul tarnished in search of the Elden Ring and we see here we go I'll give you this one uninterrupted okay in search of the Elden Ring alright so that wide shot Again, some kind of dungeon, definitely. Uh, again, crumbling, definitely. No particular contextual cues with culture or heraldry or anything to kind of allude to. But it, what I hope, what this gives me hope for, is I want to be able to spend a number of days underneath the world of Elden Ring and then emerge a couple of days later. It's like, oh yeah, I've just been in this dungeon this whole time. My mother raised me on Dungeons and Dragons, which is filming right now, the film. And this absolutely brings me, I'm going to stand up for that one actually. Yeah, shout out to Ma for like engendering in me this love that I have for um, fantasy and certainly for uh, George R. R. Martin's mom and Miyazaki's mom who who I'm sure, if not, you know, if not, uh, you know, showed them, at least approved to the point where they, you know, maybe they didn't approve, who knows, but uh, shout out to mums in general and to especially the mums who are rad and who introduced you to cool fantasy things. Like we had this board game called The Dark Tower. It was a good time. I think Orson Welles did this um, uh, uh, commercial for that one. A little bit of a tangent for you. Here we go. Nice of the Elden Ring. Now, this enemy, I think, is probably my favorite enemy. What you can see, folks, what you're noticing is this multi-limbed thing, which is, you know, uh, previously um, we've seen that from, from, and from Miyazaki. The ribs, extended limbs, multiple limbs, ribs, extended limbs, multiple limbs, this, this, this imagery here. Um, I'm wearing, actually, my Walnir shirt. Um, out of a sense that I had from watching the 
leaked trailer of, of there being some Walner-esque kind of imagery. And I think, there you go. Um, everything is in just beautiful, fresh um, 4K. It's, it's amazing after seeing that, that blurred trailer so many times. The feathered armor is so incredible. I love it so much. It's so unique. And then the idea of the entire face being covered by chainmail. I'm just talking about our protagonist, the Tarnish now, us. Uh, beautiful armor upgrades there. I, again, this is just one build. Um, what I love is that after Sekiro, which, you know, it just had that one outfit and stuff, and we talked about that, and you heard Miyazaki, sorry, you've heard uh, Vati and Gary and Cole and everyone say, like, it'll be nice to do the customization, but uh, with the power of uh, next gen, especially uh, the level of ornateness that we'll be able to see. Uh, who knows if it may be too much to wonder if we may solve the clipping issue, but you know, clipping doesn't, it just doesn't matter. Scorpion being uh, tethered together, rib cages tied together, this creature with its giant sort of slug like scarf, extended neck, falling. It's huge, this massive, massive, terrifying creature. Frankly, it has the face of one of the scholars from from Bloodborne, like that melted sideways tilted face. I had a moment when I was watching this of like, I'm sure Miyazaki must be aware of, of what we've come to know him for. And this doesn't feel compromising at all. This is like this, again, this, oh, oh okay. So this multi, just like Kojima, this idea of refining and refining um, the quintessence of what he's expressing as an artist. And like like James Cameron, there's, there's these common motifs that course throughout his work um what i saw you know kojima appeared earlier in this one and the thought i had about uh miyazaki in relation to in relation to kojima is that i do not believe ever we're using the konami kojima situation as examples that from or sony or whoever bandai anyone will ever raise anything up to me and to kojima and say you know what you've got to rein it in this is the most unleashed uh, miyazaki we've ever seen so uh, I am brought to imagery of um, uh, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow with this fucking rib cage, which looks like it just opens a portal to hell. It's insane, you know the tree. Remember that one? So yeah, it comes smashing down. Um, it has a golden cape you can see, uh, and again, perhaps a corrupted, um, a corrupted member of the Golden Order. And we have the, the music from the debut trailer coming through. Cutting through, turning around, spinning, and giving it a gigantic whack to the face. And that sort of cleaved cloven straight through. Uh, a melted, hollow-eyed, multi-limbed king. So in terms of a temporary title, we can, see, we can say the melted king if you want. Um, because the many-armed king will come later. <laughs> this uh, cockroach-like being. You know. Will I be quick enough, folks? Believe me, when that happened, when he said, eh, especially the other thing, I fucking lost it. And as you saw when I posted it earlier. Hello, Johnny, and hello, Noah. Just waiting to you both. Thank you for joining. Um, beautiful. And so then also, again, we have this, uh, uh, um, you know, energy coming off of the back which may be an allusion to the weak points in the shadow of the colossus um, with the sigil points where you need to strike but um it's very conspicuous this kind of golden 
sigil energy pouring out. Amazing. There was a very, very, very quick shot. With the flame of ambition, and we're going to go back again. Here we go. I'm down. I'll play this one uninterrupted and pause when it's time. It's it's it just happens that quickly, folks. You know what I mean? Emboldened by the flame of ambition, this fucking castle, people, with the golden, you'll see this with the dragon's wings later, the gray and gold, you know, we have uh, the Baroness podcast, those two colors, that's uh, the name of one of the albums, those two colors go so fucking well together, and there's such a beautiful presence of gray and gold in this title, like the fading but the glory, I love that symbolism. <laughs> And so then the many armed king has arrived. Someone must extinguish thy flame. This fucking character design is so fucking unique. It it just made me think. So it's this um, like a fur covered scorpion. Because I remember Miyazaki said like go fucking nuts. I want to say new shit character design. I want to say new things character design wise. So that's what we have here. We have um. Uh, this stick was almost like a giant wand that he's brandishing. It's like uh, from um, uh, Yudex Gundir, like a little bit of a spiral spear kind of situation happening. So we go back Down they come. And just for a bit of setting context, where does the, um, where does the many-armed king land? Coming from the goddamn sky, with his uh, very like giant, giant-like legs, you know, leaping from behind that that castle we were just panning up to, landing in front of it. There you go. We see swords stuck in the ground. I wonder if we'll be able to pick them up as we're fighting. Perhaps golden tree. You see, someone. There you go. A face that is this, uh, it's, it's distinctly half of a face with so many corrupting, um, you know, corrupt looking antlers sort of sprouting forth, like horns sprouting forth. Um, that is a very corrupted individual we see as we, as we pause to look. Um, it's the, the horns don't even know what to become, frankly, and they, they, they don't know whether they are coral, they don't know whether they are rot or, uh, or fungi it's just this uh, this character who is implied to be the person speaking but we shall see uh, is um, extremely unique and with uh, I believe a, a robe a very old looking robe tied together with almost looking like a, a snake skin I, I even had the thoughts for some reason of like the vein of a giant or something like it's just so scaly and gnarly looking there we go. Ah, uh, there we go. See the face there. And the face, the eye, if I go back, very much reminds me of the eye from the stick you in your belly kind of orc from um, the um, the Two Towers. And I, as I mentioned in episode two, I had recently rewatched it. And I'm just so attuned now to that imagery. 
So extremely dangerous boss, um, very very imposing and and uh, frankly, as I'm looking now with this level of detail on this bridge, with this level of I would say cinematographically like lighting wise, it's just the most beautiful from game, far even beyond anything. Uh, loving light to blue point, but beyond blue point, definitely. Um, so fast and then this 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 tail is just so gnarly looking and certainly extremely unique uh stature wise and uh arrangement of silhouettes wise it's just a completely unique character design some as that with this sort of this sort of burlap sack mixed with royalty i think that's a beautiful contrast and uh it's clearly able to summon a couple of different weapons now that is absolutely a Kirkhammer. So shout out to the Kirkhammer, which they were able to materialize and then dematerialize as well. And now speaking of materializing things, we have our third faction. We can see we had the uh, the Golden Order. We had um, uh, the Hand, the the Order of the Arm, and then now it would be Heraldric, uh, Lion Rampant, or perhaps Wolf Rampant. We shall see. Now, this summon here, uh, able to extend the reach of the sword, this blue spell, um, with a fleur de lis imagery there, uh, in, the, in the sort of spell imagery. The, you know, and, and frankly, this, this is one of the most frightening. I just keep, my eye keeps snapping to this character design, which is just so scary. Uh, uh, there's a creature in uh, Warhammer. Um, it's uh, one of the beastmen, and he is just completely overrun by chaos. And um, completely overrun by chaos, and it's hunched over, and it's like it's like he's got this big cloak, but you know that the cloak is covering some gnarly shit, you know. So, fuck yeah, my goodness, as in like tentacles and all kinds of mutations. So, someone must extinguish thy flame. Let's go. Foul tongue of Fuck yes. Reminds me of, you know, it's so interesting. A Black Ever is this like comedy series, and yet I still consider it like this fucking amazing medieval, like legit, you know, experience as you're sitting down and say it feels like rad to just kind of get medievalish vibes from it, you know. And I got some Black Ever vibes from this, I'm just saying. Calling the vibes as they come. And then that, just that mentioning of someone, it's, um, there's, I think there has to be a teensy bit of self-awareness there. Like we, on some level, I'm sure that they're like, we have to put this line in there because it alludes, or maybe even record this line precisely because we put out that debut trailer and with that someone, like the word someone is now supercharged for the Elden Ring community because of the someone something. I believe I could probably recite it from memory. Here we go. <clears throat> I doubt you could even imagine it. That which commanded the stars, giving life its fullest brilliance. The Elden Ring, oh Elden Ring, shattered by someone or something. Don't tell me you don't see it. Look up at the sky, it burns. So that sentence, that passage, that, you know, Darth Plagueis type thing, so embedded in our minds as the Elden Ring community and folks, Right here, you're looking at it. That was intentional, for sure. Extinguish thy flame. 
I have gone quite far along in many from from soft titles. Well, let's just say two: Bloodborne and Sekiro. Folks, look at me now. I am a participant in the interactive medium. I believe it is the future of art, the interactive art form. However, I have never completed a from software title. I will be completing Elden Ring, and I will clip this out. And I will fucking do it, and then I will post this back in some kind of future episode as the vow that I made on my on my feet to say so in in deference to this title, with everything that it is, this open world next gen. It's just all of ticking all the boxes. And and as for, as for speaking of open world, Breath of the Wild, I'm right on the verge there. I could just go up to Ganon right now, and it would be over. I can't. I can't let that. No, no. It's too beautiful that game. It'll never end for me. I just realized that there's the rest of E3, but it's over. Like, there's just one E3, even before it began. And they will die. Okay, we saw that there. There was a, there was a leaping ring right there, right? Where you can go up to it and you can leap, and that'll actually give you the ability to leap high, high distances, a la Banjo-Kazooie. Shout out to Banjo. Little teaser for Banjo 3 coming later. You know how you'd have those platforms that would let you leap up, you know? Fuck yeah. Banjo 3, let's fucking manifest it. Banjo 3. Oh yeah, by the way, oh yeah, awake since like 1 or 2 a.m. So starting to get a little bit delirious, but also insanely fucking happy. So let's go back, listen to her narration again, and continue. <laughs> Emboldened by the same situation. They will fight. They will fight and they will die. So this woman speaking, who came to us at the start of the trailer, we are now in the middle of the trailer, folks. And frankly, this imagery, God fucking damn it, this imagery of this massive creature of unindescribable, like, you know, shape and form and darkness i mean this thing could be underneath those robes it could be you know uh you know, really fucking gnarly and then this scion you know not too better for wear themselves but just nevertheless you can see on the left sinistro uh evil on the right good you know i'm left-handed so it's it's fine but yeah and this imagery of the knight holding this fucking glaring white white blue um or blue white sword and then defending you know the realm or whatever it's just so iconic and this paul danton i hope is is in some way one day could get involved with this because he i, I grew up on that imagery from bretonia of like the tiny little knight standing up to the massive hulking brute or, or dragon and so forth you know so shout out to anthony reynolds uh and uh you know the bretonia 2006 book which you know instilled in me further mom named me albert grew up on knights and shining armor and that kind of stuff with like dark fantasy talking and all that but when i came across that you know Gilles Lebreton, you know the marzilon all those different uh, regions of bretonia shout out to fucking warhammer for sharing some dna definitely with elden ring especially the old world so onwards forth everybody and the day will die here we go. Yeah, someone must extinguish that flame. Here we go. 
Okay. They will fight and they will die. Interesting referring <laughs> more than likely to, to us, you and I, folks. And here we go. What we see is this woman with potentially from a cinematic, although again with Next Gen, who knows, um, a very robed uh, figure, you know, uh, with the stature of the doll, definitely very tall woman, uh, the Aurora Borealis behind her, alluding to the Norse elements and uh, with the wing of the wing and helm so it's from the Nibrulid and yeah definitely yeah, and so forth. but they will die and uh, this archway reminds me of the reveal of the archway from Bloodborne what an amazing shot and I cannot fucking believe like I'm excited about seeing this trailer folks but just as excited as I go to the PlayStation blog whatever blog we will see these full resolution gamer side by the way G-A-M E-R-S-Y-D-E, Gamerside, they will have full resolution photos of this. And I did this for Bloodborne, for Dark Souls 3, for Sekiro, and I'm doing it now for Elden Ring. So go over to that site, have a look at these gigantic size images and just immerse yourself. Uh, coming through, this recurrence of the central structure, who knows if that means there'll be a significant structure, like a Minas Tirith type thing, but uh, this tower, you know, with this uh, bridge leading to it. Um, some unfortunates who have uh, probably been hanged from the bridge above. Okay, and there we go. The summoning banjo sign a full vertical leap. That's what I'm talking about. In an unending curse. So let's do it. A little viewing here. Uh, and yes, again, the imagery just ramps up. Uh, this will take months. It will take fucking months to break down, people. To fully discuss, it's like we might even do a shot per. Again, right now over in Dune, we're doing from the three-minute trailer, we're splitting it into 30-second chunks, and there will be an eight-part breakdown of this trailer, right? So however way you do, you know, you divide three minutes and a half or whatever, as eight segments, we will be doing that. 15 seconds each, potentially. We will fucking do that and discuss what we see in frame. Here we go. Summoning sign, Banjo-Kazooie button, whatever you want to call it, context-sensitive, sensitive to context. Here we go. Climbing straight up. In an unending curse. And speaking of the unending curse, it cuts straight as that piece of dialogue goes. Again, editing is intentional. These beings are cursed. These completely emaciated skeletons. They're basically skeletons wearing clothes, so... I take that to mean that this um, occurrence of the Elden Ring wasn't maybe even something that happened over time, like like the fading flame. It was when it shattered. This, this wasn't a, this wasn't a fading of something. It was a shattering. And it's like these people, like they may have just been going about their day like a week ago, and then this happened, and then they just sort of muscle barely any sort of muscle. It's just entirely like bone and like ragged kind of like corrupted creatures. So very interesting indeed. Striking down. Doing a, an amazing pivot and down sweep, uh, we see a snake, which might actually be our fifth faction, the faction of the serpent, on that shield um, in terms of culture, uh, which which fits in line with certain imagery. We see, you know, arms and uh, serpents and uh, rampant wolves and stuff. Again, that fits within uh what would be what would be considered heraldric and uh, something that a certain realm just like with uh again this <laughs> co-authored by the man who who you know uh, an animal per realm like that's how it works with the 
um, the Song of Ice and Fire titles. So there you go. And this, uh, you know, blind swordsman type uh, build here, you know, and then with uh, some ruins behind them. And I just had this idea of, you know, because it's probably just a light glistening off a rock, but it, it gave me the idea of like a carriage, like we could like have our own carriage. It kind of reminds me of that shape. This is probably one of, it's definitely one of my favorite shots. It's you by the fire with the amazing Aurora Borealis tree and, and the moon. And this beautiful bonfire is just taking a bit of a rest. And then this creature here is something fucking else. I think either a boss or an ability that you are able to become this creature. It is essentially a man wolf. It is a, a man entirely in armor, huge, huge statue, you can tell. Um, with a face that is that of a wolf. So basically an armored werewolf howling away with this amazing, um, I can immediately see the From figure, you know, shout out to From figure on Instagram, creating custom and then also chronicling the official figures um, that are being made, you know. Um, we saw, yeah, there was like a piece of floating foilage there, bottom right. Again, we still have 227 days for them to figure out anything like that, but it was just a bit of foolish. That's fine. This creature has Artorias vibes, definitely. Um, but I just think way more fucking badass, like, because it's the real deal. You know, it's so interesting. Artorias had these wolf vibes, but this is like Artorias and Sif had a baby, you know? I fucking love it. Now, this uh, protagonist holding up a cube of some kind, maybe a collectible. Reminds me of the box of pain in, in Dune, because we were just talking about Dune. The texture on this fucking robe, people. Look at that fucking texture. Come on! Uh, like, it's, it, and it looks so well, like, worn in, and, and like, you can see that the, at each individual thread, holy fuck. And yeah, again, so that's crushed, and then becomes, oh, okay, hold on, opening, uh, summoning. Folks, he just summoned two warriors with this cube. And that was very quick, but they, they're there now, and now you have allies, so there you go, boom. Fighting alongside you. Summoning phantoms with this summoning block, and then, yeah, you can fire away with this very Simon's Bow-looking bow. It is basically the be-all, end-all from software experience. Um, it, will, it will make, honestly, playing games like Dark Souls just feel like tutorial areas, you know, waiting rooms for Elden Ring, uh, because of this uh, be-all, end-all component of the most range, the most silhouettes, the most everything, and in a way which doesn't feel too like spread out and then thinned out. It, it's as equally spread out as it is deepened. Uh, I can get that. I get that sense um, from who Miyazaki is in that he cares about that depth and that uh, polish. You know. Again, it's a five-plus-year-old game. Uh, you know. Um, <laughs> what is it? Seven years? No. What? Six years or something, almost, coming up with Bloodborne? Um, and yet it is still held to be one of the most stable, beautiful um, masterpiece titles because of that extremely solid game design. So um, we see some imagery here, uh, sorry, um, wardrobe of a uh, faction that has half red, half green. I just figured I'd point that out. Fuck me, this dragon. Holy fucking shit. A four-winged golden and black and gray feathered dragon with white fucking scales standing up. It's a stand-up moment. Jesus fucking Christ. I... 
the best fucking dragon I've ever seen from From. It's the best one. Uh, and you can see like some bands of like black scales there. Is it a sign that this dragon is molting perhaps? You know, finding a new form? I wonder if there was some co-inspiration looking at, you know, the team looking at a bit of Vati stuff. Because this, this gold and white, I think I've seen it in one of the videos. But again, there's such a thing as just being on the same wavelength, so that's fine. Again, it's uh, almost uh, just punishing amounts of flame. Massive scale, this thing, you know. If we thought we had encountered massive creatures before with the world, with the lands of, of, of Miyazaki, the scale is about to completely fucking skyrocket. I'm, I'm talking a man who has now said, okay, my Shadow of the Colossus time, it is this open world thing, and accompanying that will be open world-sized bosses, you know? Holding this a very uh, coiled sword looking uh, you know, weapon as you're galloping along. We're going to revisit this trailer so many times and now I feel pretty comfortable, you know, having the pace that I am. This fucking dragon design is just fucking sublime. I, I love it. It's such a unique face as well. Uh, it's just stunning. It's fucking stunning. As simple as that. This lightning summoning dragon as well. This, it's just fucking dragon compact and the level of just I can't it's just the extended limbs man that 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 corvian almost because it's like segmented like crow crow skin you know it's very unique the idea of creating this many fucking unique silhouettes and variations on a theme is amazing now we have a close shot into something that looks like it's from a CG trailer um, it is the wolf that we encountered before, the armored wolf, who is attacking you now, who you are fighting. And I believe, yes, the environment we encountered before with the, the floating rocks. So this wolf-like enemy who can scale walls um, and kind of gives me that feeling, I don't know if there was a bit of a reaction, so, oh, okay, you know, from Black Myth Wukong, uh, them trying to, you know, have that wolf enemy and say something. Move aside, little child, and let uh, the teacher show you a wolf-like armored enemy. Okay, here we fucking go. Let's go. Andrew Kazooie Bebe. An ending curse. This wolf enemy coming right at you, right there. Fierce, dangerous, and now we have fully entered the realm of like, you know, because we've mostly stuck with the anthropomorphic and the like armored, but this creature wants you to know that he has fucking jaws and he could bite you, bite you in half, frankly. Uh, and the gold trimmed black armor of this fucking incredible looking enemy with the white hair. Now, folks, that white hair. That fucking white hair. We transform into this guy, don't we? 
We become this werewolf, this armored werewolf. We transform the the, the fulfillment of what of what was brought up in in Bloodborne with the the beast mode, where obviously the character model doesn't warp or anything. You don't get digitigrade legs, which is the legs that are like a, a lion's or a tiger's or a wolf's legs. You simply get like a you know beast-looking armor, and it is cool unto itself, but this is us. Fuck, I am now, that's it, this is us, I swear. I, I know we're fighting us or whatever, but I swear we're going to be able to transform. I swear. And she came out out of fucking nowhere. Red Helm, or sorry, Wing Helm. No sign of Red Helm, actually, and no sign of Spearman either. Something of a champion or a lord. I need to hear that line. Sorry, folks. It's important. So we will look at the subtitles of that. But imagery-wise, we must return to her, our beloved Winghelm. Here she is. And no, I will not be skipping that extremely fast shot, and I will get the timing right so that we can have a look closer at some of these uh, raiment details. Raiment is just another word for clothing. Okay. Symbols. This uh, beautiful, ay, ay. So she has no eyes, it seems, as we close in here. Uh, she probably takes off her arm, maybe, and puts it on only for combat, potentially. C could be a bit of a Kojima thing where he was dri he was driven by the imagery of the. He just came up with a trailer and then he created the story around it. I don't think so. Her armor is such a special, again, beautiful detail here. Uh, the armor is um we see here it's almost like ceramic of some kind it's it's beautiful um ceramic but also like melted um yeah how would you describe that that texture how would you describe it indeed wow um yeah beautiful and now so obviously again another another um being with like super long limbs right um and uh, and again, that that sense of the the Maria-like figure of this anthropomorphic kind of enemy who will just take you down. And I just love that right there in the trailer. It's like, yeah, you're not going to survive this. Like she is just way, way beyond you, and it is going to be a fucking struggle for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? To to even come close to defeating this person. So here we go. I. Let's go too far ahead. Here we go. I just think that's one of the most fucking incredible images I've ever seen. With her red hair, with her golden 
tree. Maybe she's one of the guardians of the roots of the tree or something with that beautiful snow-dusted environment behind her. This is Winghelm, everyone, and she is very, very tall, uh, Moosehide vampire lady. Uh, she is here to fuck you up, and uh, you are barely worthy of even looking at her, so get the fuck out of the way. Here we go. Tosses you up into the sky, and guess what? Instantly impaled. Boom. And it's so interesting. They could have chosen our main character from Elden Ring with the white hair. No, she is stabbing essentially Dark Souls 1, you know, um, Astoria kind of knight or whatever. Right? So, yeah, she it's, it's definitely Miyazaki saying, because that was a deliberate choice, just saying, yeah. Fuck the past, it's about what I can do now. And I love that he has never ever done this conveyor belt thing of just making things, uh, you know, in that annual cycle thing to just sort of stay known as one thing and just ride your coattails. You know, he likes to create himself, uh, challenge himself. So I, th I see that as symbolic, like literally stabbed right through the gut. It's like, bye, Dark Souls. What is this thing? Obviously, we see flesh fused with armor, folks. The gold, it's like haphazardly thrown together. You know, it's like whatever creature or force put this uh, person together, it's like they didn't care. It's like there's a bangle, right? A straight up bangle sticking out of his like upper forearm. Uh, and his uh, skin is completely fused to his flesh, so this multi-armed creature. Now the texture on this here, this is an in-game model, unmistakably. Uh, it's in fucking incredible. It looks like I could reach into the fucking screen and touch it, frankly. Jesus. Um, uh, my god, what is that? And yet I, we can see wounds here. Um, it, it doesn't seem like that. It, it could potentially be, because I do see some teeth. Uh, it could be... Oh! Okay, so if we look at it, yep. Yeah. Okay, folks, this is a nostril. We're looking at a fucking horned dragon. All right, so that is not an elbow. As you tilt your head, you can actually see that is the horned dragon that I drew in my little hype drawing yesterday. Uh, in our day voice in my meeting. Um, so there you go. A lovely tarnished. A lovely tarnished. Playing as a lord. Playing as a lord, not playing as a lord. I command thee, Neil. So, again, as is uh, wont to happen in From Software titles, we are vastly underestimated by people who are just like, you're a dust to me, get out of my way, and this guy has no fucking idea. We've been training, we've been fighting Winghelm, we've been dying a whole bunch, and we are going to take him down. But there you go, playing at being a lord. A little bit of an Irish accent there. And we're just seeing this. Uh, Again, I really think it like they're alluding to this being the person who's speaking. The golden chain, uh, the, the pale face, 
right? Um, this enemy with the, the mounded robed, you know, the robed adversary, you could even say. Um, a few, a full, beautiful shot of the now iconic, instantly iconic, um, tarnished one with the, with the scratches underneath the eyes. This very unique armor that's how it's always been. And then just the chainmail of the face. It's so special. It's just so unique. Hey, little lord. I command thee. I command thee, Neil. This being. With this prevalence of yeah, the black mixed with gold with grey. So he's like, what? I'm not even... What? He's like, annoyed. He's like, oh, who the fuck are you exactly? Coming on, like, obviously the fact that you slayed his dragon. That fucking wolf fight with the acrobatic wolf, Jesus Christ. Well, a lovely tarnished. Uh, it just looks like almost a Thumerian, you know, with this gold around them. Now, I, I, I do think this might be a different enemy now that I, I think about it, because I do see the Celtic. I see the, yes, again, individual threads, fuck yeah, to next gen. Uh, still very from softy and hair, though, which I love, again, you know. Uh, it is cross-gen, which I'm totally fucking happy with. Cross-gen, here we fucking go. Wow. Okay, and the feathered armor, which I love. Playing as a lord. Playing as a lord. Like pretending, you know. The detail on that axe, though, revealing underneath. I mean, it's almost like he's wearing a carpet. Like, again, I grew up in Italy, surrounded by, like, dusty medieval fucking carpets. So when I see this, it's not just like, oh, that's cool. It's like, fuck, my childhood, Jesus. And the, th uh, the crown as well of this being. Now, again, we can see the many arms sprouting out of his back and presumably his horse's back. But keep in mind, I don't think we're looking at a horse at all. There's just every single arm that's just fucking emerging. Yeah, that is not a horse, that is him. I command the deal. Uh, metaphor here for absorbing uh, Allah inside, like those around you, and taking away their, their autonomy. I command the deal. Now this is a fucking gnarly looking guy. On his axe we see the wolf. That is a wolf symbol. Leading me to think that if that other character is a... Again, I think it's both. We will both be able to play as a wolf. Transform eventually. And... Um, and that that wolf is maybe this guy's lieutenant. He looks like a he looks like a king. He is, you know, all kinds of fucked up with the different limbs. He's, he's holding two goddamn axes. One with his tiny little hand. In top left corner, and one with his his main two hands, you can see there. Finally, <coughs> a very Buster Sword-like implement, uh, uh, weapon that you just—it looks amazingly detailed, like rust, like rusted or whatever. So beautiful. Again, that's one thing you notice overall is the quality of of, uh, of the sculpts. Like it, next, honestly, next time after this, you look at like a, a Dark Souls three trailer, it's gonna it's gonna be a bit tough, like because this is just. You know, it just redefines everything. Um, yeah, that's another enemy, but this is probably more of a run-of-the-mill. Corrupted, wrapped in this sort of red material. It's almost like chains. Um, and then, yeah, you've been sent fucking flying by this, like, corrupted um, giant warrior guy. Who, yeah, is just like a, you know, not a boss, like just one of those mini-bosses, I guess. 
name is the Lord. I command One thing I noticed is that as he's drawing up his axe, I hear like a very faint, like, like an alarm sound, you know? It's like shit's about to go down. Grabbing both at, uh, both um, axes at the same time. On second viewing, we see a very again this 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 thing which looks very distinctive. It, it it's got a couple of rings on it. It looks like a compass, and it's just sort of sitting there on his shoulder. And I saw something very similar um, on uh, the back of the centipede man, you know, um, or the melted king. Um, fuck rings. I just see so many rings with with. Tied together by rosary, so it's a very distinctive design. It doesn't look like if it ends up just being a brooch, that's fine. You know, we're very early on. Speculating uh, anything can mean any level of significance. But uh, needless to say, it jumped out at me. Each of the arms, it seems, mostly is armored, uh, which is fucking trippy as fuck. Which, which only confirms to me that he has totally, like, actually absorbed his own warriors and like taken them into his own body, which is fucking gross. You know. Damn. Now I'm specifically going back to look at this one sigil and I will not go past without it, even though I'm like straight up fucking falling asleep. And it's not because of this, it's just like the flesh sack of the body, folks. What are you gonna do? I command you. Right, it's, it seems to just be a, a bit of belt, but we will re we will revisit it later in case it's like a sign of some kind. Down you come, that's fucking dragon combat, and I fucking love the dragons of drawing. The first thing I drew in my little hype drawing. Oh, I'm sad that he died. They, they, again, they're kind of small, and again, that is hope bringing because if you fucking extrapolate that out, it means that these dragons are fucking rideable. We're gonna ride these fucking dragons. They're the, the size of maybe like two, three horses. They're not like massive, and so that tells me that they're gonna be within that mount realm, you know, of, of size. God damn, I love that dragon. And again, the feathered, the sense of the feathered dragon, you know, it's beautiful. Only they come incredibly unique, and, and they are the horned dragons of yore. And now we have a very uh, um, smile looking enemy you know, with the sort of cup on its head. A beautiful little uh, allusion, you know, little, little tip of the cap design wise. And you yourself having something on your head there. Again, medieval surrealism, folks, let's fucking go. A, a brand new fucking enemy, a gigantic fucking giant, okay? Uh, bigger than, way bigger than Yorm, um, with its uh, sort of stone-encrusted um, armor there, and, and a, a furnace at its core. So this giant, folks, is, 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 is massive, first of all. Uh, a colossus uh, could even be made of stone, and then in the middle, like, its gut is like a raging furnace. That's so fucking cool. That is so fucking cool. God damn it. 
And then cut to, yeah, 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 we see my fucking favorite design there. This is going to absolutely be my favorite environment. Folks, we are talking of the mansion. The fucking mansion right here, okay? I'm actually either in the edit, depends on what I can do. I might just keep the trailer looping on uh, just indefinitely. So you will probably see this maybe now. Um, and then the Karim-tastic... I just love that this man loves medieval imagery. This this Japanese man who's like, I, I listen. My realm of creativity is, you know, gargoyles. It is cathedrals. Like that's it. And I'm glad that he did some secular. Stuff. That's fine. And, um, but it's it's. Yeah, I believe his heart. You can tell that his heart is in the Western world, and that's fine. For some people, their heart is in the Eastern world. That's fine. Um, this fucking beautiful place, which. I just love that it's almost, and, and then as you pan out, you pan down, it's like a bit run over, a bit like, you know, bayou. It's like the bayou castle, like just at the bottom there. And I just love that these beautiful, I'm just going to spend so much time in front of the 8K. We jumped 8K early. There was a deal at JB. 85-ish, 82-ish, 85-ish, 8K is what it's going to be. We're going to give this one to my mom, I think. And I'm just going to sit in front of this funny thing and just like go through this environment uh, of this castle and just immerse myself because I fucking love this aesthetic. Uh, and then this uh, idea of the aurora, I wonder if this might be a very, very high up um, place, maybe an, on a flat floating platform or something. There's just this magic around it, you know. Uh, a bit of stealth combat again, people forgot, but during that first trailer, there was stealth combat alluded to, right? And the goofiness is on full force here. Uh, you may be actually stay. Like, see, this custom thing here. Um, of the, the big head. I mean, enemies certainly have that, but it, it gives me the feeling of, of, an, of a fellow player that you're actually sneaking up and killing a fellow player with this weird kind of, um, yeah, I guess you could call it um, like pinecone head. It, it's, oh no, it is, it's a, it's a mask of some kind, but it's elevated and it's frightening, man. I mean, that, that shit is like, it's, a, it's made of stone, but definitely gives me, gives me a little bit of sneak king vibes for sure <laughs> i'm not kidding yeah this thing it's like where its head should be there's the beard and then this thing it just looks it just doesn't give a fuck it's miyazaki goofy as fuck and we're here for it and i love the goggles like that too oh yeah this is the imagery i grew up with like cathedrals and stuff in montefiore we had a chapel which just looked exactly like with some of the sides of those walls um casting some fucking magic let's go to a tallish enemy, and we are absolutely going to make sure we spot it. Shout out to my son joining us. You are oh, you are Mia son. Hello, might even be Miyazaki son. Ah, so you, oh, there you go. I'm so glad I slowed down. This is one of those goddamn uh, chariot giants, which we're going to just name these things as they go along. One of the chariot giants um, with its extremely moonlight-looking sword there, and it doesn't stand a chance because you're about to blast it in the foes with some void magic. Here, um, my Celtic-tastic imagery here with the, uh, the horned uh, creature with... Um, Something, certain things coming out of its, it's more like almost like starfish coming out of its antlers, which are glowing completely blue, and uh, it is very frightening. It is, it is like a, um, a giant. Have you seen the ritual? That's all I'll say. Looks a bit like that. 
um, Atlas made of hands. Is it Atlas made of hands? Are we are we there? Have we achieved Atlas made of hands? Miyazaki is fuck. I love also the subtle wind effect. I love you know. I don't know if wind dynamic wind has been a thing too much with the uh, uh, from titles, but I just saw it then. What was I worried about? This is like three hours and like see two. We went fucking five hours for Death Stranding. It's fine. All right. Alright, I, I dare say that yes, that is Atlas made of hands. Fuck yeah, this thing is like made of its face is just this visage of like, yeah, the stripped away elk elk face, you know, just the elk skull. Uh its body is is seems pretty fleshy, you know, maybe a bit of bark, a bit of wood. And all not only its antlers, but all along its back. And those are antler hands. My fucking god, I love it. A deity of some kind of things. Uh, and so then you are kneeling to a blessee, someone who's blessing you. You're the blessee, rather. So you're kneeling to this person with a mask who's definitely giving you a blessing of some kind. It's not a, it's not a comedy, sorry, it's not a combat angle. You're kneeling to receive something. Uh, I see in the bottom there, we see a shrine, we see a bit of candles. So this this uh, masked figure, which I hope is um, Peter Serafano's character. They're a little bit chunky, I can see, and so maybe there's a bit of an allusion to the uh, early characters from the very first Dark Souls. Uh, and then we see the king, a queen, and her guardian behind her in this beautiful, absolutely, I'm standing up again, absolutely beautiful um, vision of uh, yeah, this king uh, who, who resembles actually George R. R. Martin a little bit um, with the white beard and stuff. And this queen, uh, this whole imagery is completely evocative of my childhood in Montefiore, especially the red candles and the red uh, carpet and, and sort of the red mixed mixed with the gold and amber kind of hues. Absolutely, got it behind me actually in, in you know my lap there. I wonder, I'm sort of subconsciously drawn uh, to some imagery. Now this is interesting. Uh, this person looks like he's made of fucking ears. He's listening. This fucking guy has ears coming out of his body. And he's listening. And I swear, those that those have to be ears. His entire face is made of ears. And he is listening to the pages with his face. I'm not making this up, people. This is not me describing some fucking dream. Uh, even though I've sometimes a riff with Red, it's like I just throw her an idea of like, here's a dream that you may have had or whatever, and I love dreamlike imagery. I would, I just, this, and that's something I'd say. I was like, I, I was like the other day, it's like, oh yeah, banana, like a, 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 a car entirely made of bananas or something. This person's face is entirely made of metal ears. So, and he's smelling the pages instead of reading them. Here we go, the ring mobile, which is a giant hand that just fucking goes dun, 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 towards you. Uh, with long nails, female looking nails. This thing is just will not fucking stop. The goofiness is on full display. This thing with its big eyes, it's like a, so you had um, manicure, <laughs> manticore coming towards you. And then you had here, um, coming out of each fucking ear. Ah, oh, that is unique. There is a fucking chariot. I kid you not, people. It is reinforced, tempered steel carved into the face of a man out of that fucking face out of the mouth or even just it eats away into the nose like the nose mouth whatever opens up into flame 
from each ear is emerging an arm holding a fucking sword, a purple sword. And I just, oh God. it's a triumph of fucking unique character design. It is like, you know what? You think that we're done with our fucking imagery? You think we're done? No, bitch. We're just getting started with our fucking silhouettes. You know what I mean? This is Miyazaki, his self-given challenge that he gives himself each time. There is a fucking eye with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight irises around with a ninth iris in the middle. Okay. And that would have to probably be some kind of originator deity. The female um, protagonist, we saw that with the shot, with the different variants. I love that call. There's an authentic elk call, from what I know. That's an NPC, for fucking sure. So this thing is just fucking coming right for you, and, and it's in a very snowy environment. We didn't talk about that. I see, again, I was so caught up with this fucking manicure. It's, it's manicured because it's like its nails are purple, so I don't know. To the left is a gigantic fucking rock, which looks like one of the aliens from the from Mars Attacks. And it has a rotting face, and it's like the face is merging out. So, one thing is is when the world is starting to corrupt in, in this really fucked up way, not just fading. Remember, it's this shattering of the, the, you know, the laws of existence. We saw a bit of that in the Ring City with like different, you know, you know, the lurching buildings and stuff. But Jesus, like we're seeing some really like like you could just I could I look at my elbow and then suddenly like a fucking chameleon face is coming out or something like that level of like anything can happen like. I love that it's so creative, and yet it's, it's, it feels cohesive too. You know, uh, you've got a spear. You're ready for this fucking thing. It's coming towards you, and here you go. The eye. Thank you, chariot. Thank you, eye. Uh, and this enemy here, this gigantic fucking, potentially the owner of the eye, uh, is a giant of some kind, uh, lurching towards you. There you go. This fucking guy does not look happy. He is a giant of some kind. He definitely has that sort of lurching kind of vibe. He's got orange hair, receding hairline all the way back to the, like I would say about there. And it's this, I would say, yeah, maybe a corrupted God of some kind. And that may have been his eye we were looking at before. And so then you, this naked, and you're naked. This is very interesting. And then you're allowing yourself to be embraced by this hand, giant hand. And then you're also taken away by a weird creature, and then we cut again to Mr. Melded Man without a robe this time. Yeah. Uh, very similar to uh, when we were doing um, the recording, Sean and I discussing the melded being from uh, Sekiro. Ah, yeah. uh, for fuck's sake, that's so beautiful. Okay, here we go. <laughs> On second thoughts, Eogar is armor, definitely. Brandish the Elden Ring. For all of us. The accumulation of limbs, the accumulation of power, and the determination to 
um, to forge on uh, as our tarnished selves, and I will Actually, let I will, I will let him take us out. Elden Ring is coming as you saw January twenty first, twenty twenty two to next gen, current gen. It's so incredible, and I want to thank so much Mizaki San and the team at From for sharing that in game look at Elden Ring. I hope you guys are happy. Oh my God, I'm free out of prison. All right. Uh, and that's going to do it for Summer Game Fest kickoff live. Thank you so much to all the developers who took part, and for you. And Thank you to everyone watching, involved, who followed the journey, and who is here with me on the journey that has just begun. Two hundred, and let's take it again, Siri. How many days until the twenty-second of January, twenty twenty-two? It's two hundred and twenty-five days until then. I was about to say two fifty-five. No, it is just two twenty-five people. In two hundred and twenty-five days, we will be entering the realm of the Elden Ring. It has been wonderful having you all join me for this extensive frame-by-frame -frame breakdown of one pair of eyes. However, we will have extended fifteen second by fifteen second breakdown of this trailer with my entire crew, including Sean the Law Hunter and Terra Pop and any other guests who want to join me for this road to the release of Elden Ring, the Tarnished Chronicles, something like that. There will be a sub-series name that I will give it, but honestly, I am. It makes every time I've said I am beyond words trite. That's how far, far beyond, beyond, beyond words I am right now. I love you all. Take good care. And until next time, bye for now.